Poppy. What is going on, brother? What up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good on a Friday. I'm just happy the work week is over. Likewise, even though I had a three-day work week this week. Oh, must be nice. Must be nice. You getting the, oh. you getting the light turned on? Is the switch? Uh, somebody hit the switch on it. Oh, like actually on the lamp? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, about, I'm about to I'm about to turn it on real quick. Oh man. Okay. So do your do your, do your thing. Twenty one. Yeah. Twenty one. Yeah. I'm happy the uh, happy the the work week is over. It was um, it was a little stressful. Not gonna lie. Um, today was a little crazy. There it is. Um, God bless. Like it was just like it, it was like zero to a hundred, and but then it never got less than eighty. Like we like we were started off like walking in and then wham and then it like dropped down a little bit but then it was that the rest of the day today so like it was just nonstop yeah I mean it made the day go by quick but I, I kind of want an easy Friday <laughs> no I feel you uh, I definitely do um yeah no my Friday was anything less than easy work wasn't really strenuous uh, I did get in trouble. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Oh, Skedios. Ah, I mean, it's the supervisor caught me doing something that I knew I should have been doing. And he told me, "You know better," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And that was that. Yeah, you're right. And that was that. No, it's like a safety thing. I was so like, if you pull in to one of the aisles, and, and so your pallet's facing the back. If you're too far back toward the end of the aisle where you pull in at, you're supposed to back in so they can see the front of your truck. There's like a some of the trucks have like a flashing yellow light at the front. Some of them have a blue light that's on the mast that shines down. Mm. I just pulled right in because I'm like, all right, I'm grabbing my box real quick. Nobody's going to know. And I little, as I grabbed the box and was coming back down, I heard the tire squeak on his little cart. I turn around. And he, I'm like, hey. And he's like, you know better. And drove away. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So, but nothing else really came of it. That was my alter ego. He thought we could get away with it. Right. That's ah, fine. <laughs> Nothing else really came of it. That is that is what it is. No, I had a three-day work week. Um, not four. Um, like I was supposed to. Um, thanks to BG&E. The, um, what was it? Something exploded at the BGE. Transformer. The Transformer exploded at the BGE power plant. <clears throat> um which affected residents here in Westminster, Tawny Town, Union Bridge, and New, New Windsor. This is probably New Windsor. Yeah, and New Windsor. Um, so I said, fuck it, and I went to Steph's for the night. Caught out of work. Um, the family emergency. What is this? What is this? Interesting. Interesting approach to put it out there in the public. Nobody... <laughs> I'm just saying it's an interesting approach. The people who listen to this podcast that I work with already knows what happened. Because they said, oh, you lost power, didn't you? I'm like, no, I had a family emergency. Like, you lost power. <laughs> but didn't realize it. I think the power came back on at like quarter of nine, quarter after nine, something like that. Yeah, April Fool's. So like, I could I have gone to work? Yeah, then I feel like it now. But anyway, <sighs> so Steph snaked me, right? So Ooh. I told her I was going to talk about this. This is like, this is, this is okay. This isn't like anything like shocking, nothing like that. I told her this was going to be discussed. She went to Dash Thursday morning. She does DoorDash as well. It's been a slow week, so she's been DoorDashing this week. She's doing really good. Okay. Um, she said, I'm going to go at 6 a.m. I'm like, all right, wake me up. I'll go with you. Good Lord. Like, I'll go with you. She's like, you're not going with me. She's like, you won't wake up. 
I'm like, yeah, I will. Just wake me up. It's fine. I'll you, you woke up and she didn't. No, 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 no. So I heard her first alarm go off. I'm just like laying there. And uh, I wake up. And we have like a, there's like a, it's like a white noise machine. I have one on my phone. She has one on hers. Okay. We, we use like the same one. Whenever, like whenever we go, go a place, like one of us will turn it on. Just like background noise. Like just so you're not sleeping in silence. Cause I can't do that. Um, I heard like the noise go in and she sleeps like closer to me. Like, like always I can be like facing away from her facing toward her. She's like, she's always very close to me. Um, so I like roll, I like roll over and I start like hitting her side of the bed. And I'm like, this does not feel like my girlfriend. She stacked up pillows <laughs> next to me. Finestia. Stacked up pillows next to me. Yeah. Um, to make it seem like it was her. But what really got me is I didn't charge my phone. I left it on the floor next to me. She walked around while I was sleeping, grabbed my phone, plugged it in, turned on this turned on the white noise and put it back in the exact same position where she had her phone and left. <laughs> oh man. She got me. <clears throat> Finestia. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? You didn't want to spend time with me? Right. That's like, <laughs> what the hell? You don't want to spend time with me? Come on, now that's why I'm here. Um but no, she finished up what she was doing. She picked me up. We door dashed a little bit more and then we went to lunch. Had my first corona of the year so far. Um, on a little beach bar by her house. That was outstanding. Yeah. I wore long sleeves <clears throat> to the beach bar. It was ninety on Thursday. But the corona hit all the right notes. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. A corona light. Mm, okay. I normally I'm normally a corona extra guy, but I went with the corona light this time. I didn't want anything like too like heavy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. Here we are. Now it's a Friday. Um looking forward to the weekend, even though I work three days this week. <laughs> Still burnt out. It was one long weekend for yeah. you. Yeah. Um so here we are. Locked in, ready to rock. Mom's in uh <clears throat> mom's in Florida. Hope she's having fun. Um, so it's just me and my sister taking care of the dog this week. Nice. This weekend. We will not have a house party. No. That was, that was two winks for those. If you couldn't see on the camera. Well, it's funny. I went outside to go talk to the neighbor. I was out, outside on the porch and I was talking to the neighbor and, uh, they're like, they're like, yeah, now remember no, no parties while your mom's gone. I'm like, nope, don't got to worry about that. And they're like, well, that doesn't mean that we can't come over and have a party and blame you for it. Damn. Because they have a there there are times where we're away and the neighbor will be home and she'll come in and take care of Ziggy. Nice. While while we're gone. So they have a code to get in. So they're gonna they're gonna throw a party in the house while oh, I shit. while we're not here and blame it on me, they said. Oh. How nice of them. I know. <clears throat> I know, right. No, that's what's up. Yeah, tomorrow got the Hershey Bears game. Looking forward to it. That'll be fun. Where are you sitting? Oh, sugar. He told me and I forget. Who are you going with? Reno and his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. And Sarah, of course. Of course. Yeah. That should be fun. Um, I think the season... It's the last game of the season, right? Uh, it's either the last game or the last home game, but it's... Yeah, it's definitely the last Cause home Because the game. hockey season's starting to wind down. I don't know how they're doing as far as playoffs go. 
Um, I'm assuming not very good because the Capitals have the best players right now, but th- like there's not a lot of buzz around prospects for the Caps. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't keep up with minor league hockey and like how they do in comparison to like Let's see them coming up to to the majors and everything like that. HL playoffs. Let's see what those are going. The Calder Cup playoff primer. Interesting. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to a... Okay, Hershey is the second best fucking team in the league. (laughs) (laughs) No shot, bro. Yeah, uh, Calgary and Coachella Valley Firebirds both have over 100 points. That's a cool name, Coachella Valley Firebirds. That is fucking sick. Whose team are they? Coachella, that's out in California, so probably the Knights. Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken. That's cool, man. Is it, uh, isn't Coachella in, in California? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Calgary has 104. <clears throat> Coachella Valley Firebirds have 103. The Hershey Bears have 95. Third best team. Yep, best team in the East. Best team in the East. Yep. So, So is this a... Calder Cup playoff game? No. No. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Regular season ends Sunday, April 16th. Okay, yeah. So, playing the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Damn. Who's also a playoff team. Okay. So, you're going to get to see a... Uh, a nice little matchup there on Saturday. Should be fun. Hershey Bears games are a lot of fun. Um, I have not been in a while. I haven't been to a hockey game in a while. I've been to two, and they are a lot of fun. This one, this is going to be Reno's first game, first hockey game. Okay. Um, it's a lot of fun. I told him they literally fly a blimp around the stadium. They do. And drop money. That they do. Um, the Zambonis are dope. Yes, they I've are. I've been to two games. There's been a fight in both games. Um... I told him about the screaming groundhog. <laughs> mean like the one that we saw when we were in uh, West Virginia? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that screaming groundhog is fantastic. Um, probably, no disrespect to the players, probably my favorite part about going. See, the one thing that I really like about going to like Caps games and shit like that, you know the movie, um, damn, it's got Jason Biggs in it, and... Um, the guy who plays Stifler, goon. Is it a is it a hockey movie? It's not a hockey movie. It's a it's a movie about it's a it's a college movie. Uh, road trip. Oh God. Where Jason Biggs uh, makes a sex tape with some chick, and it gets sent to his girlfriend who's at another school. Yeah. So they go after it, but dude stays behind to take care of Jason or take care of one of the characters, snakes, and uh, he's. Like, dude's, like, jacked, gets to feed the fucking snake. He's weird. He narr- he, like, he's, like, he's, like... He's weird. He is. He, like, <laughs> in the movie, he's a, uh... Uh, he's a tour guide for the campus for incoming freshmen. Okay. So he's, like, telling the story to, just to show how cool, um... I think it's Ithaca College is. I think that's what it is. They go all the way from fucking New York to Austin, Texas. Okay. To go find this fucking sex tape. Anyway, um, he's, like, all jacked up. About feeding this fucking snake a mouse. 
and Snake won't eat it. Will not eat it. So he spent like two days trying to get this fucking snake to eat the mouse. <laughs> and eventually, he like, you ever seen the dude who's, who's holding the guitar and he just yells, unleash the fury? You ever seen that? Like, you ever seen that clip? I'll have to show it to you. You'll have to show it to me. Yeah. He just yells, unleash the fury. And he's like hitting this one fucking note on the guitar. That's it. They played that at the at the uh, at the Capitals games right before the third quarter start. Right before the third quarter, third period starts. Yeah, to everybody everybody like jacked <clears throat> the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Unleash the fury!" Bam. No, it's one fucking string. Not not like all six. It's boom. <laughs> That's it. I'll have to show. I'll have to show it to you. You have to show it's, me that. It's it's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie to you. Is it is it like the whole point? So. Back to the question. You never let me answer on Tuesday. You asked me, is there any sound better than the, oh, during the national anthem at Orioles games? Um, you never let me answer. Well, to think, to think of it now, yes, there actually are. There is something about Ray Lewis... Over the loudspeaker at uh, M&T Bank. Yelling Baltimore. Baltimore! Yeah. On a night game, Sunday Night Football, there's something about that. Gives you a little bit of a chill. You're like, John, if you don't put me in to make this tackle, I swear to God. I can think of a few other things that sound a little bit better than just yelling O at the start of an, at the start of a... Um... Right, be- right before any really sporting event in Maryland. I bet you uh, the people that heard the sound of Adley Rutschman's bat cracking. Yeah, on, good uh, God. Was it Thursday? Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Thursday. My man, Adley Rutschman hit himself a little walk-off home run. Fun fact, bro was 0 for 4 yep. on the day. Cracked a walk-off home run at the bottom of the ninth. Two pitches into the ninth inning. Yeah, first, uh, first walk-off period. For uh, for Adley Rushman in his career so far, he only spent half the season up with the with the Orioles last year. So, um, the fact that it's his first walk off, it was surprising when I first heard it, but then I thought about it. I'm like, ah, eh, that's really not that surprising. Um, but you know, good on Adley. Hell of a fucking bomb. Hit it at least eight rows deep out in center field. Yeah, it was it was like almost an oppo taco. Like it was like weird. He was like way late on the ball. Right. And, like, almost hit it, like, opposite field, but, like, also didn't at the same time. It was very weird. It worked. Yeah. But I know that, that dude, that crack of the bat on a home run, like, like you can hear the crack of the bat, and you're like, okay. like that's- I, will, I will say this. That is probably the second most impressive home run I've seen hit by an Orioles player within the last five years. Interesting. What would be the first one? Oh, Ryan Mountcastle cracking that fucking grand slam, dude! That thing was in the freaking tunnel. Yeah. Oh, he, only, <laughs> he literally if he if he could have lined it up any better, he would have hit it out onto the concourse. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One bounce onto the concourse. You yep. would have hit some random ass dude walking by with a with a hot dog and a beer. He dude hustle into the bathroom. He got he pissed. Takes one exactly. of the fucking skull pisses takes, himself. Exactly. <laughs> He, he would have been like the guy in bench warmers who's just sitting there in the kiddie pool when he gets hit with the home run ball and nachos. he starts he starts crying for no reason. Well, he spilled his nachos. Right? Wouldn't you cry if you spilled 
if you spilled thirteen dollar nachos at the Orioles game too? He'd be like uh, Colonel Sanders on Waterboy. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he would. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, that Ryan Mountcastle grand slam that is that is easily the most impressive home run I've seen from an Orioles player within the last five years. I can't I can't think of anything that's that's been better. I'm sure Nelson Cruz had one. I'm sure he did, but I can't remember it. Because that was like, Nelson Cruz on the team was like the last time the team was good. Yeah. So there was probably something about a Nelson Cruz home run that just got you jittery inside. Nelson Cruz, Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo, God. Chris Davis or Manny Machado. One of the four of them had to have hit a ball further than that, but I just don't remember it. What about the day where Manny Machado blasted a fucking grand slam to dead center field? I know you remember which fucking home run I'm talking about. Yeah, it was the, he fucking cracked that It thing. was that two-week stretch where he hit, like, three grand slams. Yeah, he was just on fire. For no damn reason. Like, what? Like what? why Why are you hitting the ball so much? Can you... Uh, who? Who's your favorite Oriole of all time? My favorite Oriole of all time? I don't know if we've ever addressed this, and this wasn't on the docket, but I'm curious now. I know mine. I looked up to him growing up. Was it Brian Roberts? It was Brian Roberts. Yeah. Um, for a while, my favorite Oriole of all time was Manny. Um, and of course, that didn't really end great. There was one player the city rallied around. Was it Felix PA? No, it was JJ Hardy. Yeah, JJ Hardy was was uh, was a fan favorite <laughs> for sure. You know, if I really had to, if I really had to, if I really had to guess or say who my favorite player of all time is from the Orioles, I'd probably have to say Adam Jones. Adam Jones, okay, because he was really the one guy who, he was the guy who like kickstarted the whole thing. He was the Orioles, of yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Ten, the like the two thousand tens. Yeah, when we were in our when we were in our like our long ball days where we were hitting ev- like hitting every single home run imaginable, um. He was really the guy who started the whole thing off. Yeah, he was like, the face he, of the like, Orioles. He was the first one there, the center fielder. And it just It was nice to have somebody to like rally behind and cheer for while they were still building the team up. Yeah. Now let me ask you. Who's your least favorite Oriole of all time? Oh wow. I also know mine on this one. Alright, who's yours? Ryan Flaherty. <sighs> Look, if you needed Ryan Flaherty to do anything besides hit the ball, he's your guy. Exactly. He could play. He could pitch. He could catch. He could play first, second, short, third, left, right, and center. He could be a he could be a freaking bullpen catcher if you needed to. Doesn't matter. He could do whatever you need to do. But God bless, do not expect that man to hit a baseball. You know who my least favorite Oriole of all time probably is? Just because the expectations were sky high and he didn't live up to, did not live up to it. Dylan Bundy. Interesting. Okay, it's a it's it's really close. It's either Dylan Bundy or Yobaldo Jimenez. Okay, he was a damn near Cy Young winning pitcher for the Colorado Rockies until we brought him in and our pitching staff decided we wanted to fuck with his motion, and then he sucked. Dude, Yobaldo Jimenez was dealing for the Rockies. All right, well let me see something here. God, he just looks so confused. Well, he probably was. He kind of looks like Aaron Judge. He does low-key look a little bit like Aaron Judge. What if they're related? Judge Jimenez? That's almost close. Sure. (laughs) 
whatever you say, Bod. Nah, you bought Jimenez was dealing for Colorado until he came to Baltimore. I just want to see a season by season <laughs> splits. This is all I want to see. Thank you. Um, but see, he had like one good year. He went nineteen and eight. That was it. That was his one good year. How many strikeouts? What was his ERAs like? Okay, so he <clears throat> struck out two hundred and fourteen. Had a ERA of two point eight. That's not bad. But like after that, he like. Uh, I think he got traded this year, halfway through the year. But like even before that, he went four and four, twelve and twelve, fifteen and twelve, nineteen and eight, ten and thirteen, six and nine, four and four, nine and seventeen, thirteen and nine, six and nine, twelve and ten, eight and twelve, six and eleven. Okay, but like, and that's fine. Like the win loss, I'm I'm fine with that. I understand he had one good year of that. But like, what okay. was his like? What was his ERAs and like? Okay, <clears throat> he had one. Season with a sub three ERA, and that was his best season where he went fifteen to nine or whatever it was. Nineteen eight. Nineteen and eight. Yeah, he was sub three, and his next closest behind that was three point four. Ah, I lied. Sorry, three point three was his next lowest behind that. Okay, so. I mean, let's be honest. Your starting pitcher gives up three runs a game. Thirty-two and forty-two. He gave. He had a win-loss percentage of point forty-three, an ERA of point five two. He pitched in one hundred and seventeen games, started in one hundred and four. Uh, struck out five hundred and forty-eight, and allowed eighty-three home runs for the Orioles in four years. Yeah, well, I'm talking about, like, back in his Colorado days, he probably didn't have a lot of offensive help. So, like, yeah, he was only giving up three runs a game. But you gotta think, if he's pitching six innings... While he was in Colorado, he was giving up 3.66 runs a game. Okay, so three and a half runs a game. A little over three and a half runs a game. So your starting pitcher goes out and deals. He gives up, like, three to four runs a game. He was probably averaging about six innings a start, if I had to guess. Somewhere in there, he gives up one run every other inning. It's not hateful. I didn't like him. Did not like him. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't think he, 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 he went to shit for us. Like absolutely. But our pitching coaches used to suck in Baltimore. Yeah. Like the Ravens and the and the Orioles. The Orioles cannot develop a pitcher. The Ravens cannot de- develop a receiver. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Jake Arrieta. You know, he leaves Baltimore and becomes a Cy Young pitcher. Kevin Gaussman, same way. Same. I have I have a Kevin Gaussman jersey shirt. Um, There's one more. I mean, even Koji Uehara. He left here and went to Boston and became a star. Yeah. Um, I think I'm forgetting someone. I just don't remember. I just don't know who. It doesn't matter. The fact is, the Orioles used to not be able to develop a pitcher. Yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'm a backtrack on Adam Jones. I think Zach Britton was my favorite player of all time. Oh. Zach Britton was a dog. If not him, Jim Johnson for sure. Okay. All right. Jim Johnson was an animal. You're not wrong. Or Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day. Yeah. Not Miguel Tejada. No, not Miguel Tejada. <laughs> Sorry, Miguel, but no. 
That's fine. Well, keeping it pushing here with the uh, with baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays have actually tied the MLB record for longest win streak to start a season at thirteen and zero. Modern day MLB record. The MLB record for the most wins to start a season is twenty, and that was set back in like eighteen ninety three. And there was some dude on the team whose name was Sleepy. Yeah, they had some weird names. <laughs> they back did. Then. <laughs> They had some weird names back then. Uh, but yeah, modern day MLB record. 13-0 to start. Um, I believe they're playing the Blue Jays tonight in Toronto. Yes. Ha-ha. I know things. Um, that's a little, you know, division rival. Toronto has a pretty decent offense. They can, they can absolutely score some runs. Um, fun fact, bringing it back to the Orioles here. Do you know they're actually tied for third for run scored in the league? Yeah, see, the thing with the Orioles is they can hit the piss out of the ball. But they have a run differential of plus one. They can hit the piss out of the ball, but the defense has been lacking so far, so is the pitching. Um, yeah, their run differential is 74 one. scored, 73 allowed. You want to know what's even crazier? What's that? Tampa Bay's run differential is 71. Dude, I mean, their pitching is ridiculous. 101 to 30. Yeah. But I mean like if you look if you look at like the rest of the league run, like run differential is so skewed right now at the moment just because the season's so new. We're what? 13 14 games in? Like 13 in. Yeah. I mean if you look at a team like look at Arizona look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. They lead the NL West at 8 and 5. They have a minus 2. The Dodgers are in second with a plus 24. <laughs> Like, like, what are you supposed to do about that? Who has the worst run differential so far? Oakland, minus 50. They did get waxed by the Orioles one day. Yeah. And now the Orioles are in... Um, and in the wild card? I don't know if they're in the wild card. It's, who cares? It's way too early. Sorry. I can tell you. <laughs> That was not. That was not polite. Just gonna, gonna shoot me down. <laughs> that was not polite of me. Yeah. Uh no. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say they are because right now Toronto and New York are both eight and five. Um, the Angels have a better winning percentage than we do. We're probably tied for it for the last spot because there's three now. Let's see standings. Wild we, card. We wouldn't. We wouldn't even be tied for it. We're out. If the we're season, half game out. Yep. Uh, the season ended the day. We're on the outside looking in because the Angels are sitting at seven to five. They played one less game than we have. And the Rangers. Yes. Well, they're t- they're tied at the top of the West. So yeah, we're half game out. Yeah, that's ha- crazy. Half game out currently. It's. I mean, season's still early. Seven to six right now. Um. I think this team is. I think. I'll be honest, I can say it now. I think we hyped this team up a little bit too much. Pitching and defense has been suspect. They can hit the ball. That is not a question. They can hit the hell out of the ball. If you get them into the bullpen, then then you're in good shape. But I think um it's still early. We could do a we could really do a whole lot to turn things around, but you know, the pitching's been so abysmal so far this season. <clears throat> I it's it's really holding the team back. Do you think Grayson Rodriguez is here to stay? Like he the strikeout's there. And I don't think that was ever questioned because it was the same thing in spring training. The strikeouts are there, but he's given up a ton of runs. Uh, I think he is here to say now because we did we did send down Cole Irvin. Okay, so that does ma- that does make room in the clubhouse for him. Whether it's and I think they would stand well to move 
uh, Voth to the pen. Yeah. I think they would stand well to do that. Um, and let Grayson just do his thing. I say bring D.L. Hall back up. Um, I think D.L. Hall's going to be a career bullpen guy. Honestly. And still use him in the bullpen. But, I mean, like, if you look at Dean Kramer, he was a guy who was supposed to, like, really, like, step up this year. He's been struggling. He Like, he's been having a hard time of getting guys out in the beginning of the count. Mm-hmm. Um... So he's been he's been having his struggles. Um, Kyle Bradish is hurt at the moment. So right now, Kyle Gibson, Dean Kramer, Tyler Wells, Christian Rodriguez, that's who you're rolling with. It's it, it, it's 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 a little it's a little tough for the team right now. I mean, my thing is is the, the young talent is just not really producing right now. Gunner's not hitting the ball well. He's walking a lot, but he's not hitting the ball very well. We sent Kyle Stowers back down. Um, I just don't think the organization believes in Kyle Stowers. They're just not giving him a chance. Yeah, I mean, he came up last year, played pretty well. Yeah, they're just they're just not giving him a chance, which is unfortunate. Um, I think they're just like weirdly high on Vavra. His versatility. That's why. That's why they're so high on him. He. I mean, he. I mean, he can fill any any position you need to in the, in, in the infield and play cor- both corner outfield positions. I mean, yeah, you could put him in the corners, and you could put him. At second, but we have Mateo, uh, Urias, and um, Gunner. And Gunner. Well, we have um, Frazier too. They can play second. Adam Frazier, yeah. Like, then you just you bring up you bring up Stowers, and there's another bat in the outfield that can play the corners. When Ryan McKenna decides he doesn't want to catch fly balls anymore, I mean that's the whole thing. You know, Terrence Bauer, he just he just has the versatility. You know, he's he's never been the type of guy that's really going to hit the hell out of the ball. Um, he's a good contact guy. So, I mean, that's... I mean, he's a contact guy. He's got some speed. That's where, like, the whole change of mindset of being of going small ball for the Orioles now. That's where that all comes to, comes into play. And I think that's why he's... That's why he's going to stay up here for as long as he will. Um, but as long as we're still hitting at the, at the clip that we are, which it doesn't seem like they're slowing down... And I mean, guys like, you know, Gunner. He's gonna he's gonna, he's not gonna bat at one sixty two all year. He's gonna break out of that. Cedric Mullins is gonna start having a little bit more luck as well. Um, Ryan Mountcastle, he's on a he's on a, a unrealistic tear. To sustain. Yeah, he's on a bender right now. Yeah, he's 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 going nuts. So I mean, that's not that's not really sustainable. But I mean, like a guy like Gunner, eventually they're gonna start like. They have to start pitching to him because, like, right now, a rookie displaying this level of patience, he leads the team in walks with 10 right now. With a guy that young displaying that level of patience, that's rare. So, I mean, eventually the hits will come. Uh, my biggest dis- disappointment so far in the season has really been Anthony Santander. I really expected him to have a better season. He has He's batting 186. Uh, two hits so far on the year out of forty three plate appearances. Uh, I was really hope I was really hoping for more. He's a guy who has power there in the corner outfield. Uh, if he's not careful, you will see Kyle Stowers come back up and possibly take over for him instead of uh, letting him trot out there. Just my thought. I mean, anything's possible. They're not pulling Austin Hayes out of the lineup. That's for damn sure. No, I th- I think Austin Hayes will start to line will start to lead off now. He's having a lot of success there. Um. Being the first guy, being the first guy that they see, um, so I think 
changing up how things are going, I think is I think could benefit the team a lot. Um, you know, especially after him having such a dominant uh, baseball classic. I expected Santander to kind of play a little bit better out the gate, but who knows? Good turn around. Hi, Z. I know. I know what time it is. I'm sorry, Bubs. We're recording. Wow, he's doing he's doing really well. Oh, camera's bouncing. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a little. Mazen. Yeah. Z. Hey, buddy. Uh, I, I know. I know let's, keep, let's keep it pushing here. Moving on to the NBA. We talked about it. Uh, the NBA play-in is here. Um... We talked about the Lakers taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. We both agreed the Lakers would win. They did in overtime. Um, it took a 30-point double-double from LeBron James to get the job done. That's not sustainable for the Lakers if you want to win a championship. God bless. You cannot ask the guy in his 20th season to be putting up 30-point double-doubles every game. Playing 48 minutes. Playing 48 minutes. Um, but they did end up winning the Atlanta Hawks. Beat the Miami Heat. Yep. That one, that one kind of shocked me a little bit. I expected I expected the Heat to win that one, simply because playoff Jimmy Butler seems to play really good basketball. Yeah. Um. If we go back, I'm trying to pull up the stats from the game before. Um. I mean, an 11 point loss to to the uh, to the Hawks. Um. Kyle Lowry led the team in points for that game. Jimmy Butler had 21 points on 6 of 19 shooting. Um, I think the Heat are really in danger here. Um, the Bulls. The Bulls have a lot of... Um, the Bulls are a team that underperformed this year, I think. I think. I mean, had they had Lonzo Ball, I think, they would have, I think they'd be in better light this year. But that's a team who, um, you know, he can't take lightly. Yeah, and to just push forward with that, like you said, the Bulls are playing the Heat. <clears throat> that decides the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Winner will play the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Uh, prayers up to whatever team that is. Uh, Milwaukee will probably sweep either one of these teams. I, I think they would sweep the Bulls. I think the Heat would give them a little bit more of a fight. Um, I think the Heat, the Heat just kind of really fell on tough times there throughout through the rest of their after the All Star break. Yeah. So I mean, giving them. <clears throat> The Bulls would be the easier, I think. I think is who the uh, Bucks would like to play. I think they would take care of the Heat regardless. Um, but I think the Heat give them a death. I don't think the Heat gets swept. I think that I think they make it competitive. Maybe five, six games. That's my thought. They got a lot of star power there. They're in Miami. They they do have some star power. Miami will always have that. Oh, of course. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Milwaukee will handle either one of those teams with rather ease. Yeah, relative ease. The Heat would give them more more headaches, but still, I if if that was the matchup, I don't think that's a that's not like one of those where it's like, man, you gotta watch out. They good. Um, and then looking at the Western Conference, the Oklahoma City Thunder are taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves for the eighth seed. Um, they should have Rudy Gobert back for this game, um, as long as he doesn't punch any other teammates in the middle of us recording this and the time that they play the game. Not ruling it out. Anything is possible. Uh, with that being said, Oklahoma City's going to win this. Yeah, I agree. They're playing really good ball right now. Confidence is high. Um, I think the Timberwolves are kind of a little bit are a little bit deflated. Um, I would rock with the team who's got the who's got the hot hand, played last night, beat New Orleans. Um, 
Dude, last, this Zion thing's fucking ugly. Two days ago they played, not last night. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the Zion Williamson thing, it's not looking good. Um, he said he's physically ready, but mentally he doesn't feel like Zion. Right. Which that's not that's not a good thing to hear. Um, and then you just sit there, and you can dunk in pregame, but watch your team get the crap man- kicked dis- out of them. Dismantled, yeah. Get the crap kicked out of them in the play-in game. Yeah. Like, where does, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it, might be a little controversial, where's your loyalty lie? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, physically, you're good to go. You can be out there dunking in pregame, but you're like, ah, you know what? Ain't got it. Can't play. You telling me you can't give me 15 minutes? Could you imagine if Lamar Jackson said that? Could you imagine the shitstorm that would happen? My knee was fine, but I just mentally wasn't there. Yeah. Could you imagine the shitstorm that happened? <coughs> also, also, you know, you know what's crazy? This is kind of this is this is also revolving around. I don't know who he plays for. I think he plays for the Grizzlies. Stephen Adams. He plays for the Grizz. Yes. Stephen Adams. He's been reported to be out for the remainder of the playoffs. However long that is to be, the Grizzlies play the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Could be a first round exit. That's a team that's talented enough. It could be a finals appearance. So who knows what's going to happen in actuality. But Steven Adams has the exact same injury to a lesser severity of Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played since the middle of the season. Yep. The toughest player in the NBA has been out for over 50 games and will not play in the playoffs. And everybody's like, uh, unfortunate. It doesn't fit the narrative. But Lamar Jackson, who had a higher severity of an injury, is now questioned when he doesn't play on the exact same injury. It doesn't fit the narrative. They, Dude, Lamar Jackson is one of the most, if not the most, disrespected quarterback in the league. There's, like we know it. I'm gonna st- There's nobody that's more disrespected than Lamar Jackson in the sports world. There, there are people who shit on him, but there are also a lot of people who still give LeBron James his flowers, rightfully so. Yeah, I could not, I could not name anybody that is more hated in the sports world than Lamar Jackson. I was gonna say Damian Lillard, but I don't think he's. I just think he's underappreciated. I, that that's all it is. I mean, if if he if he played for a winning, don't you do it, Ziggy? Make good choices. This is an enclosed room. Please don't bark. I love you. Um, but I mean, like the thing with the thing with Damian Lillard is he's in a small market, playing on a struggling team, but he's doing really, really well. Yeah, he's just too loyal. Same thing with Brad Beal. They're just both they're both too loyal. That's why they're underappreciated. But nobody hates on them. No, 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 no. I, yeah, like I said, I think Damian Lillard's just underappreciated. Yeah, Lamar Jackson gets just an. Absurd amount of hate. For no reason. For no reason. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger saying you don't fear him from the pocket, but Lamar Jackson has better pocket numbers than Ben Roethlisberger. I understand. Sample size is much smaller. I get it. Lamar Jackson's played for five seasons. Ben Roethlisberger had like a 17-year career. I get it. But then again, I mean, you know, in in five years, Lamar Jackson is doing things that Ben Roethlisberger couldn't. Yeah, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was a statue. Granted... He was built like a fucking storm shelter in the pocket. You could not bring him down. Early days, Ben Roethlisberger was not a statue. He was... He, he could was, boogie. Yeah, he could... That works. 
He could he could definitely move, but I mean, he was built like a storm shelter, bro. Yeah. Like you had to square him up and drive him into the ground if you wanted to tackle him. You could not. You could not shoulder tackle him like you could some of these other quarterbacks. Now I will say our teams our teams probably more concerned about the way that Lamar Jackson runs as opposed to the way he throws the ball. Yeah, there's probably some truth behind that. Yeah, I but don't... don't disrespect him saying that people aren't concerned about him throwing the ball. Because he's shown time and time and time again that if you let if you let him sit back and start throwing the ball, he'll he will pick you apart. Yeah, I mean you can go back and watch highlights from his MVP season, or if you want a more recent showing of that, just watch the game against the Colts. Watch the game against the Colts. Watch what he did against the uh, New York Jets last year in the first game of the season. <clears throat> yeah, watch what he did against the New England Patriots in the third game of the season. When when Lamar Jackson wants to get going and he wants to start throwing the ball, look at what he did against Miami. I was going to say the first three weeks. The first three weeks of the season, there was I mean people were people were saying the team may not be there, but good lord, Lamar Jackson MVP front runner. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, here, like here we go. It's happening. It's happening again. And now all all of a sudden, people are like, back to the narrative. He can't throw. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna say this. It's gonna. It, it may be a little controversial, but I'm gonna say. It, I'm gonna say it anyway. When are. When did we decide to start allowing players who don't know how to keep them hands their hands to themselves to dictate how things are going in the NFL? Deshaun Watson, and now Ben Roethlisberger. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I'm not in charge of that department. I know you're not. I know. I know. We. I know. We're just. We're just here to talk about it. But you know, it, it's something to think about. You know. Everybody, everybody admits we've talked about it time and time again here on this podcast about how bad the Deshaun Watson deal was. We've talked about it so many times. I'm tired of talking about it. But now you have Ben Roethlisberger who's saying uh, people don't feel Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Well, like l- let me let me say this. It, he had the controversy around him. It only elevated, for a lack of better terms, it elevated his brand, the Ben Roethlisberger brand, and made him more talked about. You know, they, they always say, what is it, no publicity is bad publicity or whatever. Like, right. Um, it made him more popular, more talked about. So he has, like, this bigger brand, this more well-known name. So him saying something like that is going to have more weight than Joe Thomas. When the hell did we hear anything from Joe Thomas? Yeah. An offensive lineman. Never. You never heard anything from him. So if Joe Thomas were to come out and say, ah, you don't fear Lamar Jackson from the pocket— it, like some people are gonna be like, "What are you talking about? Who the hell is Joe Thomas?" Yeah, like, like, what, like, who the hell are you to say anything? But you know Ben Roethlisberger because of the rape allegations and him crashing his motorcycle without driving a hel- without wearing a helmet, which is not it's not mandatory in the state of Pennsylvania. So it's not. It's advised, mm-hmm. not necessary. So he has like he's more like controversial. He's more polarizing. Like he has this he has this bigger brand. So it means more when he says something. You know, like not not necessarily mean something, but it's it's more talked about. Right. So and then yeah, the Deshaun Watson contract thing, like I don't like that was a desperate team overpaying for a desperate player. A desperate player. Yeah. Yes. Match made in heaven. Perfect. <sighs> yeah, so I mean it's a good point. I don't think it's controversial. Um I think it's a it's a truth that uh, maybe some people don't want to hear, but we don't care. 
No, the truth that people don't want to the the truth that people don't want to hear is that Lamar Jackson is actually a very very successful quarterback. That's the truth people don't want to hear. Yeah, well, so we saw something today, and it kind of rolls right into into a talking point. Uh, it was said on a podcast, I believe it was Lombardi, Michael Lombardi, I believe is I think it's Michael Lombardi. Um, he said on his podcast that from a source that he trusts says that Lamar Jackson told the Baltimore Ravens, get me Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll talk. The Ravens said they tried. They came back to him and said, we can't do both, but we got you Odell. Like They, they outright told him, like we cannot afford to do both. Do you or do you not feel bonita? I couldn't help it. Um, I figured you were going to say that. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Do you do you think that's actually true? Do you think Lamar Jackson literally sat in the room with Eric DaCosta and Steve Bashotti and his mom and the lawyer that he keeps on retainer? Because I imagine that he does have one. Yeah. Um, do you think he literally sat in the room and said, give me OBJ and D-Hop and then we can talk? Um, or do you think he said, give me one of those guys? I would like both, but can you get me one? Yes and no. What do you mean by that? Yes and no. Yes, yes, I have a feeling Lamar Jackson said, I want both of these guys. They're available. Go get them for me. Like a wish list, but it's it, that's exactly what it is. It's a wishness, wish list, not a demand list. Right. I think it was, I think it's one of those things where it's like Lamar Jackson's heard the news about DeAndre Hopkins. He Everybody, has seen, everybody saw that Odell Beckham was available. And he's like, okay, look, if you get me both these guys, all right, fine. But I don't think it has anything to do with why negotiations negotiations aren't happening. I told you earlier today, the Ravens can afford both players. It's a lot. It's a fucking lot. It would take a lot of finessing, a lot of onboard parties. Like three different people would have to restructure. The Cardinals would have to take on like a certain amount of money. We would probably have to dump at least one player to free up a little bit more. Like so, the Cardinals can restructure DeAndre Hopkins' contract and save nineteen and save nine million, or they can extend it and save fourteen. So if you give him an extra year, you can save fourteen. So that takes his cat number from 29 down to uh, math. 15. 15, thanks. Down to 15. And then if the Cardinals are willing to take on a portion of that contract, say what? $6 million of that? The Ravens have to pay him nine, right? You follow my math so far? I'm with you. I'm tra- okay. Everything's tracking. Raven- okay. Ravens need to have nine million cap space. Right now they have three. Ugh. If you go to Ronnie Stanley, Mark- Marlon Humphrey, and Mark Andrews and say, hey, look. Let me restructure these deals. Let's restructure these deals. Or in certain scenarios, say, hey, Ronnie, let's extend you a year. And Mark, let's extend you a year. And for the sake of it, we'll say let's extend Marlo a year. Okay. Let's extend all you out a year and throw on a lot of this as a signing bonus. Right. Mathing sixteen. If you extend Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, and Mark Andrews, that's that frees up twenty one million dollars in cap. Okay. So what we have to take <clears> on <throat> nine million at that point. 
Yeah. So then we'll still have... 12. Still have 12. That's plenty of room to get the Lamar Jackson deal done because if you extend out Lamar Jackson, of course, you're not going to extend him at, at, at a $32 million cap cap price, right? Sure. So according to over the cap, if you extend out his contract, that frees up $25 million in cap. So according to over the cap, in actuality, we have about $28 million still left. See, but we're in that catch-22. Is like we can't... Like, we have to get Lamar on his deal. Right. Like, we have to agree in principle for the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Then be like, Lamar, look, we have 48 hours to get this done because by that time we have to have the contract done and we need the cap available. Right. So, we got you what you want. Fucking sign it. Yeah. That, like, it would have to be, it would have to be, a, like, a frantic kind of push thing. I'll be honest, I think, I think Patrick Queen's probably involved in this trade for DeAndre Hopkins. And see, I don't, I don't think so. Um, well, we haven't picked up his fifth year option yet. It's early. A lot of, a lot of teams haven't picked up their players' fifth year options either. They have a couple months. Joe but... Burrow hasn't. I don't think Herbert has. Tua hasn't. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, we haven't done the same thing for Patrick Queen, but a lot of players haven't had their fifth year options picked up just yet. So there's still some time to figure it out. Um, normally, this is around the time when it starts to happen. Um. Well, I will say all of this stems from Darius Slay stating on his podcast yeah. that he knows some people. He's been, you know, he's talked to some people and basically said like they want to play for the Ravens and the Ravens aren't done yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, legitimately, I don't, I don't think the Ravens are done yet. I mean, a word that a word that I will continue to use on this podcast because. I have I have expectations. Pipe dream. I also have realistic expectations. Pipe dream. That is a word that I will continue to use. And so far, we haven't been fucking wrong. I'll just say it. Maybe we do know shit about fuck. <laughs> maybe we do. Yeah. Maybe maybe we do know what we're talking about here and there. But we said Roquan Smith was a pipe dream. It happened. We said Odell Beckham Jr. was a pipe dream. It happened. I'm going to say it. DeAndre Hopkins is a pipe dream. DeAndre Hopkins is a pipe dream. Look, I broke it down for you. Like, if you really, if you really want to see what I'm talking about, go on overthecap.com and just and just do a little bit, of, do a little bit of research. Click around. You can see how the numbers actually do work out. It's possible that the Ravens can get a deal like this done in order to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Now, like my my whole thing about the uh, Darius Slay thing is like he almost was a Raven, right? Like right. they were going to offer him for, a fourteen million dollar contract. And then it's like everyone like was up in fire about like oh well they were gonna give that to Darius Slay another corner but they're not gonna give him a receiver well they paid OBJ right they paid him pretty handsomely like it's it's not a bad contract no the cap the cap hit isn't too bad and it's still very lucrative for OBJ who is gonna wear number three for the Baltimore Ravens yes by that, the way that, that is confirmed is, that that's confirmed we thought it would be zero it would have been cooler if it was <sighs> yeah but ultimately it's not I'm. I'm I'm okay that it's three, but I'm kind of disappointed it's not zero. Likewise, uh, but my question is like, do you think Darius Slay is like tapped in enough that like what he's saying actually is true and has weight, or do you think it was just kind of like a like a broad statement, like, oh yeah, the Ravens aren't done, like there's some guys that want to play over there, blah blah blah, just to get some clicks and and some views on his podcast. See, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think to an extent, you know, being so facetious, I think that is why he's I think that's why he is getting clicks. But then again, 
you know, Darius Slay is a very, very well-respected player in the National Football League, and I think a lot of players do trust to tell him, like, look, this is what I'm seeing. This is what this is who I'm talking to. Well, I think I don't think it was ever a, a matter of players didn't want to go play with Lamar Jackson. They did not want to play in the offensive system that the Ravens were running. Right. Like I, I mean, we've seen what four or five different college players that are pretty well known are going to be like first round, maybe second round talents in the NFL draft. Say, yeah, I want to go play for Lamar Jackson. Right. Right. So I mean, I don't, I don't think the Ravens are done. I think I think what Darius Slay is saying does have some truth to it. Now, to what extent is that truth? I really couldn't tell you. you yeah, know? I mean, he could be saying, "Yeah, I know some dudes that want to go play over there." He could be talking about Zay Flowers, who legitimately said in his uh, combine interview, "Yeah, I would love to team up with Lamar Jackson." It's like, well, Darius, you, you're right. But of course, like that 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 could be like a really really minor move. Rocky Sin, Adrian Amos, those those would be kind of like minor moves that would do a lot to benefit the team. Ultimately, I think Rocky Sen is a little bit more achievable than Adrian Amos is, and I think it makes a little bit more sense for our roster. Yeah, the Adrian Amos signing doesn't make a ton of sense. I like I can justify it, but I think I think um just give Geno Stone a chance. I think I think um Coach Mack likes Geno Stone a lot. Just give him a chance. Yeah, and I, and I know the team does as well. That's, that's why they brought him back. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it could be a really really minor move. It could be nothing crazy. Maybe they maybe they move a late pick for some player just to kind of start churning up the roster. I'm hearing Jarvis Landry rumors now. Oh, of course. I mean, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. rumors follow Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry rumors follow Odell Beckham Jr. It it, it goes like hand in hand, you know. Just because they are so close, they're boys. I mean, they went to LSU together. Let's just get Kareem Hunt too. Let's rebuild the Browns. Todd Munkin, you know, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt. Right, right. Might as well at this trade point. for Baker Mayfield. What the fuck are we doing? I mean, Jesus, dude. Might as well at this point. But the optimism in me, because I mean, if you've listened to us throughout this offseason so far. My optimism about what this team is going to look like and what it can be, it's not like it's not a secret. Like if I if I was to say anything, I think between you and me, I am the optimist. I'm the realist. You are the re- and and I can keep it real too. I I do I do keep it real, but I I am being optimistic about about everything going on with the Ravens. <clears throat> I'll say our outlooks are you're a glass half full. I'm glass half full, but I also understand the glass is only half full. Yeah. Like you definitely have a glass half full outlook on it all, absolutely. Like you're the optimist. I'm like, yeah, it's the glass is half full, but I also understand it's only half full. Right, right, and I and and you know I get that, but I will say this: something tells me this has been an unusually quiet off season from the Ravens. Right, unusually quiet. Yes and no. Okay, y- yes and no. It like it has been louder than normal, but moves wise, transaction wise, yeah, drama wise, it's been noisy as could oh, be. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen a more a more drama filled offseason from the Ravens before. But as far as bringing bringing in assets and doing more to help the team, it's been quiet. The yeah, Ra- the Ravens aren't big time spenders. They get a lot of guys that are like the scraps. Elvis Doomerville, great example. A guy who was a last second cut, Ravens grabbed them. Um, you know, that's always that's always been the Ravens MO. True. 
I saw someone say, what if OBJ pulled a uh, Zadarius Smith? I did see that too. I'm glad it didn't happen because he actually he actually put pen to paper now. So Odo yeah. Odo Beckham Jr. is officially a Raven now. Yeah, can't do anything about it. Right. Something's telling me that we're gonna make a massive fucking move. Something's telling me that we are. I don't know what. I really don't. Hmm. The Ravens have a lot of faith in the edge rushers that we have right now. Between Tyus Bowser, Odafe Owe, and David Ojabo. We have a we have a lot of a lot of really, really good young talent. Even Justin Matabike, he's a very good interior pass rusher. Travis Jones as well. Roderick Washington, he's gonna have a really good year as well. So we're in good shape as far as all that goes. Linebacking core, we couldn't be fucking better. I don't think there's a better one two punch in the NFL than what the Ravens have. I agree. <clears throat> Safety. We're pretty good. We're pretty good as far as as far as that goes. Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone. Two of those guys are a little bit more unproven, but Marcus Williams is one of the best ball hawking safeties in the NFL. We have Marlon Humphrey. Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen or Brandon Stevens or Pe- or Pepe. Or Jalen Armour Davis. Or Jalen Armour Davis. One of the or it's probably gonna be Kyle Hamilton in the lines of it, it's the season start of the day. Kyle Hamilton would line up as the other as the other corner. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> I see us making a splash at one of two positions. The two positions that we have that have been talked about all offseason. Receiver, corner. Yeah. One of those two. Okay. It was reported that we actually had a deal done for Demarius. 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 Good Lord. Rest, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, Quentin Sutton. Yeah, until the Broncos said no, we're not we're not going to trade him. April Fools, April Fools. There was a deal done. It was all it was all it was almost there. Cortland Sutton was almost a Raven. They're trying to make shit work, and ultimately, I think they are going to get it done. And I'll tell you, the one player who really really entices me, because I think this team is on the verge of just. Pounding the reset button. He came through with some heat on that one. I know. He's excited to hear what I'm going to say. I'm going to stamp it right now. If it's not DeAndre Hopkins, which I think is more likely than what people think, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be Jair Alexander. Interesting. Low cap hit, $10 million. So $10 million a season. I say that. I say low. But. <clears throat> two shutdown corners. That that just fits what the Ravens want to do. I agree. Physicality on the on on the outside. Two guys who can both do very 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 similar things. You want them to play press man, they can, but they can also drop back and do a little bit more of zone coverage. I don't like the way he's looking out the window. Neither do I. It's a little too scanny. I know. I know what he wants. I know what time it is. I know I know why he's in here and he's bugging us. Not all poo-poo times. Right. Not all pee-pee times are poo-poo times. <laughs> Not all pee-pee times are poo-poo times, but all poo-poo times are pee-pee times. Exactly. Um, and plus he eats his time anyway. So. Well, <clears throat> here, here here's a pipe dream. You, you want a pipe dream? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a pipe dream. Let me hear it. All right. Patrick Queen. First round this year, and 
Let me see. Huh. Um. See, and the crazy thing is, I've done mock trades on on the PFF mock mock draft simulator, where I trade twenty two and Patrick Queen to the Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins thirty four and their first third round pick. I'll give you Patrick Queen and twenty two this year, like a fourth round next year. Justin Jefferson. Holy shit! That dude, I'm not. I would not be surprised if you want to talk about teams blowing it up. Wow, you the Minnesota really, Vikings. You pulled that one out of your ass. Too. Oh yeah, the Minnesota Vikings blow it up. There's been talks about them moving on from Dalvin Cook. There's been talks about Kirk Cousins being done at the end of his contract. Um, the defense is fucking terrible. Wow, they can't get any free agents to come over. You're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. Like, a shit ton. What's the most lucrative contract for wide receivers in the NFL right now? Probably It was probably Tyreek Hill, right? But they just gave him, like, a restructure and basically only paying him, like, a million dollars on the cap, but gave him, like, a signing bonus of, like, $150 million. Whatever Tyreek Hill got, Justin Jefferson is at least going to get that. Good lord. What's up? Did I just like did I just like get something rolling in you? Something you're happy about? Fully guaranteed numbers wise, <clears throat> Tyreek Kill is the highest paid at fully guaranteed fifty two million dollars. Well, I know so I know his cap hit this season is not super high because they just restructured him. And they, they turned it all into a signing bonus. Cap hit is twelve. Yeah, it's not that bad. Twelve. Thirty one. 34, 56 million dollars in 2026. That's crazy. But if they cut him, they can say 45. Whatever Tyreek Hill got, Justin Jefferson is at least going to get. And I think we'll get more than that. Exactly. I'm saying at least. that At the bare minimum, Justin Jefferson is at least getting what Tyreek Hill Total got. Total value, the highest is Devontae at 140. Yeah. Total guarantees it's Cooper Cup, 75. Okay. Fully guaranteed and average average per year is Tyree Kill at 30 and 52.5. Yeah. Nope, oh, I lied. A.J. Brown is getting 56. Good God. Uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson's going to get a minimum of $30 million a year. Look, initially, hits the ears. You're like, what in the hell is he talking about? But think about it. Like, the Packers are getting ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Mm. They're about to go with the Jordan Love route. We have no idea if Jordan Love is, is capable of being the guy in Green Bay. The Detroit Lions are rocking with Jared Goff. Very capable starter in the NFL. How much longer is he going to be a starter there in Detroit? Depends what they do in the first round. Depends what they do in the first round. Right. The Bears, Justin Fields, they're giving him every opportunity to succeed this year. If he doesn't, where do they go? Do they start rebuilding too? Why not get ahead of the curve? 
Maybe it's not even a twenty. Maybe it's not even a first round pick this year. Maybe it's a first round pick next year, so that they have more draft capital for next year to move up to go grab a quarterback. Maybe they want Drake May. Maybe they want Caleb Williams. Start rebuilding. Maybe we don't even have to give up Patrick Queen. Maybe, maybe we can just straight up like just give him draft compensation. You know what I think is a little bit more realistic? It's a pipe dream. That's what I said it. I prefaced with a pipe dream. I think that's... A, so, I'm very giddy about that idea. Well, of course. Why would you not want to team up Lamar Jackson and Justin Jefferson <laughs> right, with Odell Beckham Jr.? I've hinted at possibly Lamar being a destination, Minnesota being a destination for Lamar. I reversed it. Uno reverse card, bitch. <laughs> you did reverse it. <laughs> Um, Purple Uno reverse card. Honestly, you know who I think is going to be who's a little bit more realistic of a pipe dream than Justin Jefferson? Because I think it's almost like the same way. It like he's so valuable. It's almost like the same reason of okay, well, let's build around a rookie quarterback and try and get it in our first five years, right? He's so valuable. It's like okay, let's just build around him and we'll we'll get it done in the first in his first five. Right, or at least that's a thought. I think the more realistic one is probably Stephon Diggs. I think that's a little bit more realistic. You think they're blowing it up? No, I just think he's so unhappy there that he wants out. Interesting. He's expressed multiple times about how unhappy he is there in Buffalo. Well, he wants to win a championship, and like, let's just be honest, they're not going to. They're not going. I I have I know a lot of people that are Buffalo fans. I have no quarrels with Buffalo. I like them. They are a very stand up organization. Like, yes. like when everything happened with Lamar Jackson, they donated to his foundation. Yep. Um, everything that happened with Demar Hamlin, like they they reached out to T Higgins. They were like, "Hey, it's not your fault, bro. You're right. good. You're good." Um, like Buffalo is a very class organization. I I one hundred percent will say that even their fans are classy. Even their fans are classy. Like like they win and they win with class. Yeah, I've never had an issue with Buffalo fans. Never. And they jump through a bunch of plastic tables, and that's cool as shit. That is cool. Um, but yeah, dude, like you have a defensive head coach, your defensive coordinator's taking a season off. The offense just always stalls. Like the offense always stalls out at the end of the season. Or, when heavens forbid they don't stall out, where the hell's the defense? I mean, they literally got into, it might as well have been Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali in that Bills versus Chiefs playoff game. Right. And, like, the rule was, it's like nothing but haymakers. Like, like, what... (laughs) It's all it was. It was just nothing but haymakers. Nobody, nobody had a jab. It was just, it was just nothing but hooks and uppercuts. Right. I hate to say it to the Bills, but I don't think with the roster constructed, you guys are going to get it done. No. And there's something about Kansas City or the Bengals that just has your number. Like yeah. there's, there's just something about it. Come playoff time, those two teams have your number. Yep. Roster constructed as is will not get the job done. No. So, I mean, yes, Stephon Diggs could potentially be out the door. Now, do I think Buffalo trades him to the Ravens? No. No. Absolutely not. We would have to give them a deal so enticing they could not pass it up. If anything, you would ha- he would have to be cut as post-June 1 
But you, you're not cutting someone like him. No, you're not going to cut him. No. No, there's there's absolutely no shot. They're not going to trade him in conference. No. They got to do something, though. That's a team that's got to do something. But I think I, th- I just think the Ravens are... They're going to make a move. I don't know how big, but they're going to do something. It might just be Rockison. It might be. Probably. I think realistically, Rockison is... I mean, Rockison is something that I would be very, very happy about. I'd be, I'd, I'd be ecstatic about it because that gives us more flexibility for the draft. Can the NFL do three-way trades? <sighs> I don't see why not, right? I don't see why not. <clears throat> I don't think I've seen one before, but I don't see why not. D-hop to the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb to the Ravens. With some obvious other pieces moving around, not just that. Who we, the hell goes to Cardinals? We give up nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be funny as shit. Dude, Loki, I'd be fine with giving up 22. For CD? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. 20, 22 goes to the Cardinals. The Cowboys get D-Hop. We get CD Lamb. 22 for a player who's going to be making a total cap hit of $14 million over the remainder of the life of his contract. I mean, God bless. What more do you want? Well... Sorry, four, and then he'll get his fifth-year option. I'd buy his jersey immediately. Oh, of course you would. Yeah, well, oh, you blood. Right. Oh, we can let him wear zero, too. Could. Why not? <sighs> Calm down, bud. Dude, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Tell me, that, tell me that doesn't sound enticing. I'm full of a ton of good ideas. None of them are realistic, but I have a ton <laughs> of good ideas. You know what? While we're at it, let's just go ahead and fucking trade for Patrick Mahomes. Let's do it. We'll give you Lamar Jackson. And a, and a crack game from Jimmy's. Yeah. Maybe some uh, maybe some poison water from the bay. And a pigeon. <laughs> we will let we will give you the orange seat that was in left field for thirty years. <laughs> where Cal Ripken hit his last home run ball. <laughs> because Lord knows we ain't using it. <laughs> Dude, that should have been the... F- they they should have stopped the wall right there. Should have. Like, that should have been the first row. Yeah. To take that away is just kind of... They're doing us a disservice. That's fans. Kind of disrespectful. Yeah. Motherfuckers. I know. They should just make every seat orange. They fi- why are Why are we not doing that? Or black. Can you imagine how... how in- oh, that'd be so hot. Could you imagine how incredibly intimidating that would be to go into a baseball stadium and just see nothing but black seats in the middle of summer? God, dude, I wouldn't sit down. I'd stand up the entire game. Yeah, you'd almost have to. I would not sit down. You know how bad you'd have swamp ass? I was more worried about the third degree burns on the bottom of my legs. Oh, well, they, oh, that heals. That's okay. Ugh. That would be the stinkiest ballpark in America. According to Over the Cap, it estimates that the Ravens are going to sign 25 undrafted free agents. That doesn't shock me. That kind of fits the mantra. It does, doesn't it? Um, but speaking of signing, commanders have new ownership. Agreed in principle. In principle. Yeah, it's not... Uh, it's not signed yet. I got a little ambitious. Not signed yet. Who is the group that is buying it? Harris. The Harris group. Yes. So the, I believe it's Josh Harris. Yes, Josh Harris. Josh Harris Group, which is which he is the he's the really the front man of the whole thing. If you don't know who Josh Harris is, 
He is the current owner of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Magic Johnson is involved in this group. Magic Johnson is as well. I believe Robert Griffin III is. That's news to me. Did not know that. I believe he is. It would not surprise me. He was a part of one of the groups. Yeah, I I just don't know which one. Uh, Let's see if I can figure it out here. But six billion dollars. He bought the team for like seven hundred million. Yeah, that's some pretty good ROI. Yeah, that's insanity. He bought it back in the nineties. I think so. I think I'm just happy he's out of the league. Uh, I mean, not officially yet, but it's a green principle. I'm happy he's done. I'm happy he's gone. He's he's like such a stain on the NFL. Yeah, that I'm happy he's gone. I can't wait for the tell-all book. The thirty for thirty. Oh, nah, not in a thirty for thirty, but I just can't wait for the uh, for the tell-all book where he fucking slanders literally every single NFL owner there is. Cause you know it's coming. I can't wait to hear what he says about Jerry Jones. I'm excited to see what he has to say about Steve Bashotti. I don't really. I'd rather hear about Jerry Jones. I mean, so would I. But I'd rather I'm hear just... a thir- a whole thirty for thirty of Dan Schneider talking about Jerry Jones. Whole thirty for thirty. That's it. That's the whole thing. Dan Snyder versus Jerry Jones. Prelim for Nate Diaz and Jake Paul. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Boxing match between the former owner of the Washington Redskins and the Washington football team and the Washington Commanders. Can you imagine that? He's owned three different franchises. No, he has not. Yes, he has. That's not three different franchises. It's one franchise renamed three times. He's owned three separate teams. No. Dude, can you imagine that boxing match? Crotch kicks only. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think would win? (laughs) Who do you think would win that? Jerry Jones for sure. You think he would? (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) Jerry Jones would have his testicles surgically removed for the boxing match. I just want to see like... No, see, you know what would be really smart? This is this is how you get around it, okay? <laughs> around the crotch kicks. <laughs> crotch kicks or ball smacks? <laughs> for, front hand or backhand? Because, <laughs> see, like, if you're smart, if you're going for crotch kicks and, like, you're trying to just, like, protect the downstairs area, I think Dan Snyder would be smart enough to do this. Jerry Jones wouldn't even fucking think about this. Because it's like... He's so old now at this point that I'm pretty sure you couldn't even do surgery <laughs> on him. Um, but Dan Snyder has them surgically removed and put on his forehead because you know damn well Jerry Jones ain't kicking him in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the strategy right there. Hang him from his chin like a gobbler, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a ball, like a ball chinian. He'll look like Peter Griffin. He would look like Peter Griffin. Look. Out of all their ideas on the on the day, the Ravens trading for Justin Jefferson, the three-way trade for CeeDee Lamb, out of all of the ideas, I think this one might be our best one yet. Dan Snyder, Jerry Jones, crotch kick, fight match. They should just do that with all 32 NFL franchises for, for supremacy. That's, okay, if they ever get to a point where there's such an imbalance of power, oh, I love this, that they have to do a fantasy draft with all the players. I love this. Crutch kicks. That is how you determine 
Who gets the first pick? Crotch kicks. Crotch kicks. 1v1, March Madness style. Who would be the one seed? <laughs> Dude, we got to go through and do this. Next episode, Tuesday, we're putting together a bracket for crotch kicks. The number one seed? Who's the number one seed? God. Who would be the number one seed? Stay tuned. Stay tuned for Tuesday. We got to think about this. We got to put together a bracket. AFC versus NFC. The number one seed in the AFC. We got to, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Because we got to look up pictures. We got to see, we got to see what they look like. I don't know what all of them look like. We'll tell you guys on Tuesday. Stay tuned for the crotch kick bracket. The NFL for NFL supremacy. NFL supremacy fantasy redraft crotch kick bracket. I have no idea what the uh, what the abbreviation of that's going to be. Anyway, keep it a pushing here. Saquon Barkley said he will not sign his franchise tag um, before the team's offseason program. Um, I don't think this is as big as news as what everybody thinks, but it does lead me to my next question. Are running backs worth the second contract that's typically a lucrative contract? Are running backs worth it in today's NFL? Uh, They are. It just depends on what that lucrative contract looks like. You know, if you look at somebody along the lines of like James Conner, or if you look at what Aaron Jones is getting this year. So Aaron Jones, his total contract is worth $23 million, and James Conner is worth about $21. Uh, if you look at what those guys are making, you know, it does make it, it does make it kind of worth it because that's still cap friendly. You know, they're effective backs. They're going to give you good production, um, especially Aaron Jones. Like even even Aaron Jones said, I'm not like I'm not greedy. I want to help this team still. James Conner, that was kind of like more of a prove it thing, and you know he ended up he ended up working out well. But mm-hmm. you know a guy like Chris McCaffrey, Chris McCaffrey is getting um, his contract was worth sixty four million dollars. Alvin Kamara seventy five. Dalvin Cook sixty three. Derrick Henry fifty. Nick Chubb thirty six, and Joe Mixon forty eight. Those are all your top valued contracts mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, Chris McCaffrey making the most at $16 million per season. Um, when you look at deals like those, no, they're not really worth it to the rest of what, what you have going on as a team because the shelf life is so short for those guys. For sure. You know? Um, and, I mean, you see guys every year coming out of the draft, fifth or fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Some In some cases, undrafted guys are starting backs day one, out of the, day one in the NFL. You know, look at a guy like Damian Pierce. He was what a fourth round pick, and he was the and he was the lead back. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco went undrafted, or he was the seventh, seventh round seventh, seventh round pick, pick, and he ended up becoming the number one back there for um, for the Chiefs. Um, so I mean, yes, it can be advantageous to sign guys to those large deals, but running backs are a dime a dozen now at this point. You can get anybody to come in and look at look at what the Ravens have done over the last over the last few years. You know, Devontae Freeman. Kenny and Drake, Le'Veon um, Bell, Le'Veon Bell. You know they've had they've had a, a revolving door. Latavius Murray. They've had a revolving door of guys coming in and still giving them valuable production. You know, and they haven't skipped a beat. Well, like my thing is, is I'm I'm looking. I can see I can see who who the contracts are over there. Yeah, on your screen, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'm looking. Go ahead. Stop right there. Right. All of those guys on that screen right there, highest paid running backs in the league, none of them won a Super Bowl. Nope. Christian McCaffrey hasn't. Alvin Kamara hasn't. Dalvin. I think the only one who has is... None of them. Yeah, none of none of them have won a Super Bowl. No, your first one that's won a Super Bowl is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and the only reason why he's making $10 million is because he was a first-round pick. He, rookie contract. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I mean I mean when you when you think about it in that regard, you know, you can get you can get guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round, have them for four years at the peak of their career when they're they're most athletic. Yep. They're at their fastest. You can work the hell out of them. And then when their contract is over, let somebody else overpay for them. Yeah. Of like guy like like let's keep scrolling. first running back that's won a Super Bowl, not on a rookie contract. Wow. Uh Rex Burkhead. I guess he won with the Patriots. Yeah. He's making two million. Yeah. Granted, he's at the end of his career. Yes. Let's see here. Rex Burkhead won. I just want to see his total history. Drafted by the Bengals. Signed in 2017. Renegotiated in 2013. So he got drafted in 2013. Yeah. Didn't win a Super Bowl until at least 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next guy on the list would be... Not Ty Montgomery. Good board. Giovanni Bernard. With the Bucks. With the Bucks. Yep. Once again, older guy. Eight years after he was drafted. Yep. And what was he making that year? $1.2 million. Fantastic. I'll find one more. Ronald Jones. I would say Trey Sermon. Or Jarek McKinnon. Ronald Jones won with the Bucks. He was a rookie. On his, he was on his rookie deal. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon. He was, <clears throat> you know, he's he's another guy. 40, Vikings, 49ers, Chiefs. He finally won, won with the Chiefs this year, making $1.1 million. There you go. There you have it. I mean, look, I love I love our running backs here in Baltimore, right? I yeah. love Gus Edwards. I love J.K. Dobbins. Let, let's just call it what it is, though. It's a valuable position. Mm-hmm. You do need a good running back. I will say that. Like, you do need a good running back because you need to have a good running game. But they are not worth the very lucrative contracts. Like, the Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry contracts. Running backs just aren't worth that anymore. Like, I'm sorry. That's just the facts of it all. I understand you need a good a good running back. And you can pay him well, yeah. right? But they just, they're they're hurt too often. They get bruised and battered. It's the only position that you can tee off on however hard you want. Continuously. Continuously. And like wherever on the field. Yeah. Like, like you can tee the fuck off on them. Yeah. The refs are going to be like, ah, he's a running back. It's fine. They're not protected like wide receivers. They're not protected like tight ends or quarterbacks. I mean, Christ, they're literally building a, a special helmet for quarterbacks to help prevent concussions. Yeah. Because of the whole Tua situation. I mean, they're just not they're just not as protected. So I don't think that you can pay a running back sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty million dollars. No. Like you can't do it. Annual salary. I mean you can, but I mean it's it's just not a recipe for success. You know, we literally just ran down, 
you know, the the highest paid running back who wasn't on the team that drafted him was Rex Burkhead, who made two million dollars the year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Not fifteen million like some of these guys are getting paid. So I mean, yes, you can pay these guys top dollar. That's no, and they deserve it, and they, and they and they definitely do deserve it. Once again, but, they get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, but I mean, just don't just look at what fucking Ezekiel Elliott did. I mean, I mean when he signed his deal, I mean he fleeced them, fleeced them. He fleeced the Dallas Cowboys, big time. I mean, I mean, look at the look at the Eagles. They literally just lost in the Super Bowl and moved off of Miles Sanders. Yeah, the leading rusher. They're leading rusher. They're like, hey, you know what? We're going to sh- sign Rashad Penny in the offseason, and then we're going to rock with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott and Trey Sermon behind him. Six years, $90 million for a running back. Yeah, that's that was unheard of. Right. When that happened. Unheard of. And it proved to be one of the worst contracts we've seen. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Love J.K. Dobbins. Love Gus Edwards. Very productive and efficient running backs. They are they are fantastic running backs. I'm sorry, but you just can't pay them fifteen no. plus million dollars a year. Can't do it. It's it's not worth it in the current NFL. No, I mean I mean he signed his I mean Zeke signed his big deal in 2018 after he ran for 1,400 yards, which led the league, right? Yeah. And then he ran for 1,300 the next year. People are like, okay, it's looking good. 979, a little over a thousand in 2021, and then under a thousand this past year. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's a younger, more explosive back behind him. Yeah, Tony Pollard. Who can do who can do more. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at it. Wh- what did we say? Uh, Zeke Elliott, what, what did he make last season? Probably, like, $12 million. Uh, I can tell you in a second. I got I, I to gotta, I gotta do some searching, but... But I'm just saying, like, you look at him, and let's say, let's say Ezekiel Elliott made $12 million as a cap hit. Or, like, that was his that was his salary for last season. Uh, 16. 16. Fantastic. Uh, can you pull up wide receiver salary for last season? Ezekiel Elliott made sixteen. Let's look at all the receivers that made sixteen million or less. I don't know how to. Maybe this. Hold on, I gotta play around with this. I haven't. Ah, there we go. Two thousand twenty-one. Sixteen or less. The twenty-two season. Ah, word. 16 or less. That is everyone besides Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, and Cooper Cup. Perfect. So, DeAndre Hopkins or Ezekiel Elliott on your team? DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Williams, Ezekiel Elliott, who you want on your team? Perfect. Devontae Adams, Ezekiel Elliott. Perfect. Stephon Diggs, Ezekiel Elliott. Give me Adam Thielen instead. (laughs) Adam Thielen, this is what I'm saying. Like, dude, you could, they just pissed away $16 million on Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. On a contract. I just named some of those guys that they could have had at wide receiver that would have made an actual difference. You want another name who they could have had that would have made an actual difference? Tyler Boyd. Nope. I'll give you one better than that. At $4.8 million. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Dude, that's what I'm saying. They chose Ezekiel Elliott over over Amari Amari Cooper, Cooper, who Dak Prescott loved when he was there. Yep. They fumbled the bag. They could have had him... And traded for AJ Brown. Oh wait, cash spent. Never mind. This number's higher. What? Cap number is one thing, but the well, I mean, I, I, I guess it works the same because his cap number was sixteen. 
Right. Okay. So going off cap numbers. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's what right. I'm saying. So, that, dude, like sense. you can't you cannot pay a running back sixteen million dollars. You could pay that to a very productive wide receiver, and in this NFL, that is going to win you football games. Not a sixteen million dollar running back. Right. That's approaching thirty. That's approaching thirty. Right. Which, he was a workhorse in college. Was a workhorse in his first four five years in the NFL. Yeah. Can't do it. No. Can't do it. Well, does not work. That's all I got for you today, homie. Um, We'll go ahead and get out of here, get the weekend started. We got to start putting together our crotch kicking bracket seating. I can't believe this is something we're actually going to be talking about. Dude, why the hell not? I mean, it's going to be funny. It'll definitely get a laugh, but. Yeah, exactly. Tell your friends about the NFL. What did we say it was? The NFL. NFL owners. I don't know. We'll fucking call it the name for it. Hierarchy? Is that what you called it? No. Superiority? Superiority. NFL owner superiority. Crotch kicking contest. Whoever survives gets the, gets the number one pick in the rebound. In the, in the redraft. In the reshaping of the NFL. NFL owner superiority redraft. Bracket. Crotch kicking bracket. We'll take it up a notch. We'll do it with. Uh, we'll do one with. Uh, GMs, and then we'll do one with coaches. We're going to do all three? Owners, GMs, and coaches? I mean, we can do, like, coaches. You, coaches, you know who ain't losing that fucking thing? Robert Sala. I was say Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I got money on Robert Sala. GMs, you know who's not losing? Hold on, hold on. Can I, can I recast my vote for coaches? Bill Belichick. He's been known to deflate some balls. That was that was not funny. Dude, come on, fuck you. That was funny. <laughs> that was not funny. You're giggling. You know you know who you know who would win for GMs? Who? <laughs> Hall of Fame safety John Lynch. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> he would headbutt somebody and be like, John, you're disqualified. <laughs> What'd I do? John Lynch would still find a way to fuck around and trade for the number one over, number one pick. Probably. All right, we got to put together a bracket. Let's get on out of here. Let's get on with the weekend. Y'all stay safe. Make good choices. Have some fun. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Stay frosty. Okay, this is a <laughs> Call of Duty campaign. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I thought of it. I just wanted to say it. Nope. Y'all have a good weekend. We will uh, We'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> see and, you guys. Uh, enjoy your weekend, guys.